This podcast is intended for mature audiences. It also contains two British people talking about sex. And then his face appears under the bathroom door like, dude, no. Hello, Hello. and welcome to Teabags and Joysticks, the kinky video game podcast. Hello, I'm Chris. And I'm Sai. How are we, Chris? I am good, mostly. Yeah, fine. Are you sure? <laughs> I don't know, sort of. Um, average. Average, okay. Is that, is that, a, is that a... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we'll, Fair we'll enough response, yeah, average, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. How are you? I'm not too bad, I'm not too bad. Yeah. I'm just uh, so about average. Then. Still bemused. It's been an interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are we talking about today, Chris? We are talking about cuck holding. Cuck holding. Cuck holding. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's something that we've kind of hinted at before, I think, but I don't think we've ever actually spoken about it directly. So, no. that's going to be an interesting conversation i think what? but before we Maybe. get to that shall we head into the news the tea you mean into the tea even sorry i'm like <laughs> have a guess what's my tea this week <laughs> is it the news <laughs> it's the news um <laughs> shall we go into the tea do it do it before before we go into the tea uh, a little bit of a heads up for our audience, which is that tea this week will be a single item, and we ha- need to give a trigger warning here that we will be talking about the uh, government's handling of the trans conversion therapy. I say yes. in the biggest quotes, like of sarcasm, the therapy handling. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I get that right now this is a subject that is understandably very emotional for people and also I know that I have had to step away from it at times because I've had sort of my point where I can't do any can't like look at it anymore so Mm. like if that's where you're at I suggest you skip forward I'm gonna sit here and say probably 15 minutes now but I'll put an edit in in a moment and tell you exactly how far to jump (laughs) 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 hey everyone editing simon here so if you jump forward to about 17 minutes and 30 seconds that's where the conversation about the uh trans exclusion from the conversion bill ends and the rest of the show is about the cook holding thank you very much so i think before we start i think it's probably the thing that we should give our quote-unquote official statement for the podcast on it okay um, um we, which yeah you know we, we and a number of other people have signed an yeah, open letter we signed on statement. to it we signed on to it it was uh initiated by annie maggie i'm not sure how yep. to pronounce that right no that's correct and it's uh annie maggie cc cic uh, CIC, Animagi CIC on Twitter, if you uh, wish to go and follow them. Um, And the statement is as follows Statement on ban of conversion therapy and safe to be me by kink and fetish community. We stand with our trans siblings during this time. As community groups and people, we pledged and aim to make our spaces inclusive for people under the trans umbrella and ensure we uplift the voices of our broader LGBTQ plus community. As part of this, we cannot stand by and watch our trans siblings are not being supported. The government's decision to scrap conversion therapy, a practice that has been described as unethical and dangerous, then a U-turn as an abhorrent attempt as a compromise leads to the exclusion of the trans community. We cannot watch members of our community's rights being excluded. We stand with organisations such as the LGBT Consortium and others listed calling for change. Additionally, we support organisations such as Stonewall, EPOA, 
a Mermaid UK stepping down from the Safe to Be Me event, which has now been cancelled. We observe that for many across the UK, it is not safe to be yourself. And we acknowledge that as community groups and leaders of said groups, we need to ensure our spaces are safe for all of our community. We ask our members to email MPs, raise the voices of our trans siblings and stand with us in solidarity during this time. We are one community, LGB with the T, a community founded on love, acceptance and pride. Very clearly, we we stand by this message. Mm -hmm. There, There are 27, I think it was at last count, other members... Of, of the community, both organisers, uh, personalities such as, as Mr Puppy, Mr Leather of various years, uh, other podcasts, etc. that have all signed on to this and, and stand as one voice with this. I'm also going to add on to this and, and say the following, that we have always tried to make sure that we arrange our show that it is as inclusive as possible. I'm not going to say that we've always got it right. We won't have. We'll make mistakes. We will have made mistakes. But we do vow that we will always try and correct those mistakes or or stand up and apologise for them when it happens. Absolutely. Yeah. The bottom line is this. Our trans family have fought with us the entire way to get to where we are with gay rights and, and get the LGBT community to where it is. It is our turn to stand with them. Mm-hmm. For those of you that don't know what has been going on in full, uh, the briefest of brief, I guess, history of what has happened in at time of recording the last uh, 12 days, I think it is. Uh, I'm yeah. not going to be able to put timestamps to all of this because, honestly, at this point, I'm so confused by the order of some of these things because I've, it's one thing after another. However, it was first leaked to the press and reported on by Paul Brand from ITV uh, that's at Paul Brand ITV on Twitter saying that uh, the government would be reneging on its promise that it had made four years ago to ban conversion therapy for Mm -hmm. all LGBT people Mm -hmm. Uh, after much backlash from the LGBT community in the UK uh, the government issued issued a correction saying that actually we're going to U-turn again and we are going to ban conversion therapy, but we're not going to include trans conversion. This carried on with backlash from the community. A number of uh, organizations, as we stated, pulled out from the government's Safe to Be Me conference which was meant to be an international conference yeah. uh, for LGBT rights. Yeah, which is meant to be showing the UK leading the way on LGBT rights, yeah. Um, Allegedly, hmm. some organisations had been told that if they pulled out, their play- their space would be uh, replaced with the LGB Alliance. Allegedly. Allegedly. But now I, I unfortunately don't have a, a full source on that, but that that no. was one of the uh, ones that was uh, being being uh, oft repeated on Twitter. So take that with as much salt as you wish. Yeah. I am um, uh, simply relaying the the mess of what this was, shall we say? Yeah. Um, you know, sure enough, like enough people, enough organisations have pulled out a little conference that the, the entire thing had to be cancelled because, yep. you know, otherwise it would just be, you know, the LGB alliance on their own. Um, well, this was, this was also reported by Paul Brandt from uh, ITV that the, uh, the the government's conference had to be cancelled following over 100 organisations boycotting the event uh, over the government's plans to only partially ban conversion therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and interestingly, they note that... Uh, it makes it harder to bring LGBT organisations back to the table, table, as some were using attendance as a bar- bargaining mm. chip, and it and it puts the government's L- LGBT envoy on resignation watch. He would later resign. Yeah, Fair. or they would later resign. I should say sorry Funny because I, I'm not familiar with Lord Herbert's pronouns, but they would later later resign. 
apparently Liz Truss has come out and said that she's pushing to ensure that uh, our trans siblings are included. Apparently. Mm. But it has been a major point of embarrassment for the UK on the uh, international uh, standing. Absolutely. However, I would also say the UK has been known as Turf Island within certain communities for a significant amount of time now <laughs> and let's be honest this just demonstrates why yeah. i am at the point that i can't be angry about this. i fully expected to come into tea today being like very ranty and very sort of wound up about this i'm at the point that i just can't be angry about this anymore no i, we're I have at the point past that, oh. being angry yeah we're, we're at the point of, oh it's happened again what a surprise <laughs> What we what what has been interesting to me is seeing the way that the LGBT community has pulled together. Mm-hmm. It has been very it's been very heartening for me, who admittedly cisgendered white man has watched the community turn around and go, "No, you do not get to separate us." You do not get to turn around and pick and choose. We stand together. Um, there have been petitions that have been uh, sent to Parliament, um, yeah. which within, I think it was, it had been open for a while, and then within, I th- want to say it's been about six days. Mm. I might be wrong, but in about six days-ish, gathered over 100,000 uh, signatures from UK residents, which means that it is now on the table to be potentially debated in Parliament. So with some luck, we are going to see some pushback on this politically. Sure. Um, from experience looking at these um, petitions, they tend to get take a very long time from the petition to actually being debated on the floor, and when they're debated on the floor, they're there for 10 minutes. Uh, I, I understand that. I will also point out Parliament's not in session right now. Well, yeah. <laughs> as if all that wasn't bad enough. As if the flip-flopping on whether to, you know, ban conversion therapy wasn't enough. Boris Johnson Just... did an interview and started spouting turf talking points. Oh, God, yeah, I know. Now, being fair and balanced... The, there is a quote here in the Evening Standard from a government spokesperson that says, The government has a proud record on LGBT rights, and the Prime Minister is committed to bringing forward legislation to ban conversion therapy. The content, scope, and timing of the proposed bill will be confirmed in due course. Fuck off. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's... Fuck off. Yeah, like, that's just... No. Just know, I don't give a shit. Like, you do it for all, or you don't fucking do it. We, You do not get to pit us against each other. This, Like, I have seen several places, this opining that this is an attempt to, to pit yeah. uh, the, yeah. the ban on trans conversion as a needle point within the upcoming local elections. I absolutely think it is. Mm-hmm. And I would not be surprised at all... Very quickly after uh, the local elections, for them to suddenly decide that they are going to do conversion ban for trans individuals. I'm sorry, at this point, I'm that jaded about politics. It would not surprise me at all, Uh. especially not coming from this government who has, in my opinion, fundamentally mismanaged every single situation that they've come into. More or less, yeah. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, I wouldn't go as far as saying like every single situation, but quite a lot they have mismanaged. I think they've just about mismanaged every single thing to do with the the LGBT community so far. Okay, yes, that that one they have, yeah. That one they have. Uh, I I was thinking more generally, okay, they haven't mismanaged everything. Uh, I I will agree to disagree. This this isn't the time time to have that. No. (laughs) But... There's really not much I can say beyond, like, please do write to your MPs. Please do go and sign the petition that's on, on the government website. Like, we, we will append links to do this under the, the show post that we put on social media. 
Like yeah. there are websites that are set up to help you, you know, find who your MP is so that you can write to them. And there are websites that there's the petition uh, website that we can link to as well. Yeah. No, obviously, you've got to yeah, find who your own MP is. But... I am so fucked off at this point that I'm I don't have any anger left beyond like obviously what you can hear but like if you if we'd have took this show two three days ago I'd have been shouting down the mic right now mm. I don't have anything left I'm just I am yeah I am disappointed but not surprised I tell you what's going to be interesting though and if if anyone is listening to this that has anything to do with any pride and and there's a few that I've got in mind in particular. Mm-hmm. This is your time to make damn clear that you stand with the community and that you are not just in it for the party. Yeah. If you have anything to do with organizing a pride protest, this is your moment. Get the fuck out there. Get the people in the streets. Get the fucking marching done and realize what the fuck pride is about because we are backsliding. The community right now is under attack and it is backsliding politically. And this is the time that pride needs to be pride. And I am sick and tired of people going, oh, well, we've got everything. No, we fucking haven't. And this is a damn good example of just how fucking fragile everything is. If you are in any way, in any way connected with with a pride organization, make damn clear that the community's voice is being heard. Yeah, that's very... That's where my anger is right now. Right. I'm at the point where it's just like, as an individual, I can't do anything more than, than cover it like we like we do in the show and turn yeah. turn around and, and sign sort of the petitions and everything that come in front of me. As a community, we need to make our voice heard. Mm. Yeah, pretty much, like... We've got a platform, we shouted on it, and yeah, it's up to everyone to, <laughs> and by to Christ band together, we, right? And by Christ did we shout, because if anyone has, has had us on their social medias over the last week, their timeline has probably been full <laughs> of us ranting across Twitter going, this is not okay. And we are okay with that. We're not. Yeah, sorry I'm about sorry. That. Well, I'm making no apologies. <laughs> apologies for that. It's like, sorry, but there are going to be some issues that we, that we get very entrenched on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, shall we move on? <laughs> it's yeah, been 20, let's move it's on been to something tw- happier. Let's twenty like, minutes, indeed. Yeah. Let's move on to something happier. So let's move into something that's a little bit more upbeat, I think. Yeah, we need a bit of a pickup. Yes. <laughs> so this week we are talking about uh, cook holding. Yay. Which is something that <laughs> <laughs> Which is something that I think a lot of people are probably into in some degree and don't have the name for it based on and I'm like I'm just spitballing this. I have no kind of like data so? to support this. Yeah, okay. But based on the number of times I, I have like spoken with guys and they gone, hey, like it would be so hot to see like my partner get with this guy, or it would be so hot from like to have my guy watch me while I'm doing this. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, okay, that's not that far removed. So I think there's probably more people into this than either realize it or than we know. Fair enough. Uh like obviously, yeah, it very much depends on what kind of relationship you're into. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and, le- and let's be clear: like, just being on into it, like, just as a like, hey, I like to have a threesome, is not the same. No, no, have a free having a threesome is different from cuckolding. Yeah. Like, totally. <laughs> I, I'm just talking like just based on a few of the fantasies that I've heard people talk to me about in real life. Like, it seems that more people are into this and either don't want to admit it or don't know that it's a thing. Hmm. So, with that said, how do we define cuckolding, Chris? Ooh, okay. Like, I don't have an official definition in front of me, but like, <laughs> like, this is just how I understand cuckolding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say is your primary partner or actually just your, your partner. I, say, really. I wouldn't say it has yeah. to be your primary no. partner. 
No, not really. Like your your partner um, have sex with another person mm-hmm. uh, and excluding the, the other partner. Okay. So I would go a little bit further. I would say that cuckolding is the act of... And I'm, like I will talk about this from kind of the active position, because that's the position I would tend to be in more often. <laughs> um, it's the act of having sex with somebody else, either with or without the presence of your partner, mm. and using that as a point of... I guess degradation with yeah, your your partner, and it doesn't have to be your primary partner if you're in a polyamorous no, relationship. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. like the key thing is like this is your partner, and you're making like so. For example, a lot of the scenes revolve around this idea of like I'm going to have sex with this guy, and you're going to be left in chastity because this guy can satisfy me and has what I need, and you don't. Now, I don't think it's necessarily about degradation, but it's definitely using the fact that you're not having sex with your partner to create sexual sexual tension yeah. with okay. your no, partner. No, that's fair. I think degradation might be overstating a little. I think degradation does tend to come into a lot of the fantasies that I encounter. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I but agree not necessarily. it doesn't necessarily have to be. Yeah. So, I guess, should we start from the position of have... And I, I know the answer to this. Have you done a cuckolding scene? Well, you know the answer to this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but the audience doesn't, so... <laughs> uh, arguably, yes. Uh... I have definitely done cuckold scenes with you. I'm thinking back right now to a particular... And I don't know how far I can actually go with this before we get X-rated <laughs> like off platforms, but like, <laughs> there's definitely been times at couple of prides for example where like i've had you tied in a corner and made you watch and giving you degradation at the same time um like that to me falls under the the umbrella of that and yeah the ironic thing is this was before i really knew i was into it this was just like i wanted to do it as part of just a general kind of bondage and uh, degradation scene for you yeah i didn't really think of it as cuckolding at the time I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Cuckolding can uh, kind of encompass a lot of different kinks, mm-hmm. mostly mostly involving bondage. But um... I mean, it doesn't even have to. It can just be exactly like the, so. In, I'm, in I'm straight, it, it can. It doesn't have to. Yeah. In straight uh, couplings, as in like male female couplings, I should say. Like the, um, I quite often see this term of kind of hot wife thrown around. And it's just like, you like the idea that you, that your uh, your wife, your girlfriend, whatever, like, has that power to, to go out and get it, etc. And you just have to put up with it sort of thing. And I think there's probably, like, I don't know what the terminology for the gay equivalent of that is. Uh, if, if there even is one. I, I guess, like, hot know. boyfriend, hot husband, but that always just feels a little bit weird on the tongue to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, is, is that a thing we do? <laughs> is that a thing that me and you do, or, the, or that uh, we do in general? No, just we as a community in general, not... Yeah. I, I mean, I guess it probably is, but I don't think we assign the same name to it. No, But then again, exactly. I think there's maybe an element... And I'm going to be talking out my arse here, like so fair, you know, fair warning. I think there's maybe an element of the fact that in the gay community we are a, on a general scale, yeah, a little bit more comfortable with promiscuity. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's, I don't think I know a single long-term couple that hasn't at least had or entertained the idea of a threesome. You know? Uh, Ethical non-monogamy is more common in the gay community, I would say. Hmm. And again, yeah, I'm talking uh, out my def- arse. I might not well, no, be, no, no. but like, I think it's probably more common. I think I think so, because uh, it's the thing, isn't it? Like, As LGBT people, we are already 
um, kind of non-traditional as it sounds. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, like non-traditional on top of non-traditional. So yeah, what's what's so what's so special about that? <laughs> you know. I mean, well, you see, that's the thing. What's so special about that? I actually think there's a lot special about that. And I think, like, cuckolding is a thing that, like, I've recently got more into. Mm -hmm. And I think it's... I think it's one of those things. Like I said, I think more people are into it than they realize because they don't necessarily realize that's the dynamic they're playing with. Sure. Now, let's be well, clear the, here. The, Sorry, yeah, the, the non-special thing I was more talking about, just non-monogamy. <laughs> uh, not cuckolding, specifically. Yeah. But, like, let's be clear here that cuckolding is not cheating. No. Cuckolding falls into that realm of ethical non-monogamy, mm -hmm. which is the same thing that polyamory falls into and, like, group scenes, etc., like, threesomes, etc. Like, ethical non-monogamy is the key thing here because a scene should be negotiated. And, you know, as such, the partners involved should know what's happening. Yep. There's a power dynamic, for sure. I think it definitely falls into power play. But everyone should know what's going on. If you're just going out and sleeping with someone and not telling them, that's not cuckolding. No. <laughs> no. Some people may discover that they like cuckolding through that. I've definitely spoken to people who were like, I found out he was cheating on me and actually kind of turned me on even more. We managed to kind of talk through our issues and this became a thing. However, I'll also heavily caveat that, caveat this by saying that don't do that if you're just doing it in a bid to save the relationship. Oh yeah, no. Like, I'm I absolutely do not encourage cheating. Yeah, yeah you, you need to make sure that is something you want to do. Exactly. Um, but I'm also not going to sit here and go people haven't found it that way because you no, know, they have. But it's like the key thing is that everyone is aware of what's going on, in yeah. and usually that includes. The bull. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, bull is a term that we haven't used yet, and bull often refers to the person that's coming in to have sex with the partner that's playing away. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's a name for that partner. I Like, hot no. wife is what would be used in a heteronormative pairing. So, I really don't know. Like, I can't I think of what we the, would the, use. The, the hot partner? Shall, shall we go with that? Yeah, let's now? go with hot partner. Let, let's let's <laughs> stick with that. Like, If someone does actually know, because again, like, this is us just having a conversation here. We'd, like, we, don't have a, we don't have a guest in today that specializes in this. And nope. I'm talking from a position having kind of always sort of been into this, but only mm -hmm. recently started kind of delving on it, I guess. Fair enough. And I know you've had a bit of exposure to it without me as well, but again, I don't think it's much. I, not massively, no. I mean, there are a lot of hot stories on the internet that yeah. involves <laughs> holding, but, you know, that's, that's different. Hey, that's where many people start and find out about it, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. Hot stories on the internet, they're there for a reason. <laughs> exactly. But no, like, I think the most common themes I tend to see with this and like correct or add any that you see it also tends to run alongside other kinks whether that's yes. bondage whether that's cock humiliation in both directions I've seen it done for a guy like who was the cook that was too big and the guy who was the cook that was too small um, mm -hmm. I've seen it done on like status and power reasons it's like oh you know like it, if, if I don't have sex with you and I have sex with my boss whatever like oh, okay, there's there's all sorts of parallel kinks that can be run with this. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And another common thing is to have the cook, who is the guy who is being denied, mm -hmm. have to clean up afterwards. Whether that be to, like yeah. clean the person or just clean the room or whatever. Yeah, have to clean or or even you know bring them coffee in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's absolutely been a thing. Like uh, kicking like the cook out of the marital bed so that they have to sleep on the sofa or whatever, knowing that, you know, this bulls with their husband or whatever. That's another mm -hmm. common one that I see. Yeah. Well, from the hot story that I've read, they, they fucked and basically fed the cuck their, their jizz in the condoms. Oh, okay. Interesting. 
But I, th- I think like my point with this is like there's a lot of parallel kinks. This is <laughs> I don't think this is usually a kink that sits on its own. Is kind of what I'm getting at. Hmm. In more often than not, I tend to see this combined with other things. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes you do see some porn films which is true, just cuckolding on its own, and you know the the cuck is actually free to wank and etc <laughs> sometimes although i so i i tend to discount porn when i'm looking at these sort of oh, things because yeah, yeah. it's kind of it's a useful i think we've talked before like it's a useful tool for getting off it's a useful tool for maybe discovering something early on but i don't think it's really a useful tool to look at the reality of a situation no that's fair from conversations and experiences, etc. Like it tends, in my experience, it tends to also be people that are kinky already that tend to engage in it. But that might be sample bias. Yeah. Uh, there's, yeah, there's no way for me to confirm or deny that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hands up, that may, that might be sample bias. Like we're not claiming to be any any sort of expert on this. This is a conversation between two partners. Yeah. But, I mean, while we aren't experts, there are things that should be considered with it, I guess. So, like, what would you say uh, the main... Yes. I guess safeties is the right word. The main thing to be careful with. Yeah, what What are the main sort of... Like, if we will... Because usually when we talk about a kink, we talk about it through an SSC lens. Yeah. Or we talk about it through a rack lens. There's definitely an element of that that needs to be considered for cuckolding. Mm-hmm. But I I only hesitate a little bit because usually we're talking about something that has physical impact sort of thing. Exactly. And this is... Well, no, I guess it still is SSE in Iraq because it, it's emotional oh, yeah. and, and what have you. So, yeah. 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 This is more emo- emotional and mental mm-hmm. on that side. Uh, obviously, with any humiliation play, we need to look after each other's emotional states yep. uh don't don't go over the top uh <laughs> yeah don't don't go over the agreed boundaries mm-hmm. obviously and sometimes you know if you see your partner you know, holding can be very emotional yes. um for well for all, all parties to be honest but probably especially the cuck so yeah, make sure you do like proper aftercare. <laughs> I, w- I would say not only aftercare. Make sure you do proper negotiation, because course, I think yeah. one. So of course, that one has... thing that I think is really important to point out here is if you're doing this with your partner, because some people do scenes where it's, it's all kind of role play, but like if mm. you're doing this with your partner that you're in a relationship with, you are dealing with a significant area of your relationship that focuses around feelings of betrayal, feelings of jealousy, feelings of inadequacy, sort of depending on how you play, like, and therefore you're playing with a very fragile area of, of not just your own psyche, but also, like, your general well-being and life in regards to your relationship. Yeah, yeah. Make sure that you carefully negotiate it and make sure that you are, you talk about, you know, this is what the safe word's going to be. This is what... Basically, all the standard stuff that we talk about with negotiation, like, it applies here, but you need mm-hmm. to be more careful with it because of how f- fragile this could be. I have known people that have done this and it's ruined their relationship because they thought yeah. they were there for yeah. it and they weren't. Yeah. It turns out this was, one, this was something that was just kind of it was hot as a fantasy. Hot, yeah, hot in principle. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that's the biggest risk in there. Yeah. The other thing I would say to you that you need to be careful of is uh, STDs. STIs, STDs, STIs, you know, basi- yeah. basically, you know, sexual infections, etc. Because, because you're playing with a third party. Exactly. Like if if you're especially if you're in a monogamous pairing and you're bringing someone in for the first time or you're playing away for the first time, like mm. you may have got in this position if you're if you're in a monogamous pairing where, you know, you don't test because you've been together so long and you're not you're not playing with anyone else, etc. You're yeah. starting to play with other people. You need to think about, you know, hey, there's potential for STDs here. Hey, there's potential for, you know, 
X, Y, Z sort of thing. All the you imagine you were single and you were out there kind of doing your thing. How would you look after yourself? You need to do that, but you need to consider it as a couple. Yeah, it's like going out dating for the first time again. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and it, and I think that's right. Like I think if you're the person looking for it as well, like it's kind of like that. I would also say that if you're going out looking for a third party to bring in, you mm-hmm. need to be very upfront with them about what's happening. That as well, yeah. Even if not... the, even if it's only going to be two of you in the room at the time, I would argue you want to be very upfront with the person about what's happening. Because mm-hmm. no one wants to be in that situation where, you know, they hook up with someone that's, that's doing it, like it's the first time trying it, it goes wrong, there's some emotional fallout... And they get lampooned, like, as a result. Exactly. No, no one, one wants, wants to be, be sideswiped by that. Yeah. No one wants to be used that way. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's exactly it. No one wants to be used that way. And not only that, by having that conversation, you set up expectations of whether this is going to be a repeat thing, whether this is going to be something that could go longer term, etc. Yeah. Now, should we talk about this from a polydynamic Okay. Because I've got a question. I don't want to get personal with our example, but I'm going to I'm going to just kind of lift the the blueprint of our relationship here, just for the purpose of sort of building this. So, like, for the audience who haven't listened back to the poly poly episode, like Chris has a husband. I'm like a, a single at the moment. So, like, our relationship is essentially kind of a V shape. Yes. With Chris in the middle. In that situation... Oh, so I'm the hot partner. Well, this is what I was wondering. Like, are you the hot <laughs> partner? In that situation, am I the cook? Uh, not the cook, the uh, bull? Like... Not... Obviously, like, we haven't discussed this with your husband, so, like, this isn't negotiated, this, that, and the other. It's just like... It, there's parallels, is there? There could... There could be. It depends on how you look at it, really, doesn't it? It's like... If I'm not, like, our definition was, okay, we use the fact that I'm having sex with someone else, i.e. you, mm-hmm. to create to create a sexual tension. I mean, it depends whether there is any sexual tension created by, by that. So if it's fair. not, then it's, it's not cuckolding. <laughs> no, that's absolutely fair. I will say that the re- one of the reasons I ask this is because as your partner... I have found that, like, when I've known you flirting with other people, because I have mm-hmm. seen you flirt with people in bars and things, okay. that does kind of get me hot under the collar. Okay. Which is where, which is where the kind of the, the polyamory question comes in, because it's just like, even if it's not necessarily the intended effect, is it still cuckolding if seeing your partner with one of their other partners gets you hot? I think you can see it through a lens that way in fantasy. It's just whether, like, do we think it, it ties at all? Sorry, can you repeat that question? <laughs> so I've seen you in a bar flirting with another guy before, and that's yeah, got me okay. hot under the collar. Okay. So I like the reason. That's kind of the reason why I brought this up because it's just like if me knowing you've been with one of your other partners, if like if you had more than one other partner, and I knew you were having sex. Mm-hmm. And that got me even hornier, because I know you're having sex. <laughs> like, I could look at that through the lens of the cuckold thing for the sake of fantasy, but is it straying in that territory? Um, so you... Okay, so in that sense, you're kind of identifying yourself as a cuck without mm. the other two people knowing. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> isn't it? I mean, I guess that's just kind of the fantasy side of it, isn't it? Like, yeah, I know. Like, we've had conversations before where, like, I know particularly after a long period of chastity, you once found out I was hooking up with someone, and you were like, like you'd heard some of the detail, and you're like, oh, that's hot, and that that yeah, got you going. I, I'm not sure. I think of it the same way. Fair enough. Um, because I'm not getting off on. The fact that I'm being excluded. Not when you're in chastity. <laughs> well, no, that's not relevant. <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I think so. I think it's one of those things that, like, because 
I think for polyamory side of it, like it can be worked into a dynamic if you're yeah, careful I guess. about how you do it. I guess to me, what you describe of of me thinking of you know you and another person having sex, mm-hmm. and I find that hot. I mean, that's the same as me watching some other two guys having sex. And I'm like, oh yeah, they're two hot guys having sex. That's hot. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, okay. I. It was just purely like me spitballing this because it's just like we are basically talking about an altered relationship dynamic that has three people involved. Yeah, and that's kind of where I I could like oh there's a is there a link to to polyamory here like because it's no, ethical non monogamy. Yeah, that's just how I looked at it. Mm. I mean, it doesn't have to be the way everybody looks at it. I mean, if if you think that has something to do with cuckolding, that's completely fine. Mm. I personally don't think so from my perspective but that's how I feel fair enough I mean I, th- I think the bottom line is it comes down to negotiating what works for you and which I guess it does with all kinks maybe that's a far too blanket a statement <laughs> but like you oh, need dear. to sit down with your partner and work out what works between the two of you and then sit down with the third party and have that conversation as well yep yeah, or that... you know, you can all sit together and yeah. Talk well, I, when I said you sit down with a third party, anything. I meant kind of all together. You know, um, things to be aware of. Sometimes you think you're up for it and you're not. You like it definitely yes. happens. You get in that situation, and it's too much emotion. And in that moment, yeah. it can be very hard to regulate your emotion. But. I, like, I can't stress this enough. It's important that you do. Because, again, like, you're playing with that very fragile area of the relationship and dynamic. Mm. So, we've talked about yes. like the, the practicals of it. We've talked mm-hmm. about the kind of the risks involved with regards to like emotional jealousy and everything else. Yeah. So let's, at the risk of playing Agony Ant a little bit, if you find yourself in that situation on, and maybe we can kind of go around the three different positions just briefly, but like if you find yourself in a situation where like the scene has started, it's, the jealousy's got too much for someone, and it's bit like, you know, the situation's happened where the safe word's been called. Yep. Let's start this from the the cook holders position as in like the person in the middle yeah like what hot partner yeah like what do you <laughs> what's your priorities in that moment like what do you what should you be looking at in that moment like how would you respond at the risk of like uh, just agony anting this a bit like what's your key consideration yeah basically? Obviously, the the key thing to well, the key person to look for is the person who called the safe word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, you stop having sex. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> stop fucking. God damn it! Stop fucking. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, kind of. You just got to pause everything and sit down and talk again. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. I mean, I would, I would say in that situation is just like, especially if you're the one in the middle, as it were. I think the power is probably mostly in your direction. Yeah. And we talk about kind of how, like, for a dom sub situation, like the person in control of the scene ultimately is the sub because of the safe word. But then, like, as the dominant, you need to be kind of keeping an eye on safety, etc., because you're the one with the power quote in that moment sort of thing. Mm. I think in that situation, like, the onus falls on the person in the middle, the hot partner. Yeah. And so... They are the one who is in control of the situation, Mm -hmm. if you you like. Um, They're not... They don't have all the power, obviously. Mm. No, absolutely. Uh, Because, you know, know, your partner just caught a safe word. Exactly. Uh, 
But you are in control. There's a difference between, I think, control and power in that sense. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, as always, you, you look after the person who called a safe word and just trying to figure out what they need. Yeah. Uh, is that if they need to completely stop? Or do they want to... Well, I don't know. Is get it involved? Is it, is it adjustment or is it leave? hard stop? Or, yeah, yeah, if they want to leave the room while you you can still keep going, I don't. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, don't know. <laughs> but I I think it's key to kind of recognise where the bulk of power is in that moment, mm-hmm. and sort of make sure that you you look after the person that's called the safe word, and you you sort of untie everyone, etc. If anyone's tied up, etc. Like all the usual things that you should do. Yeah, but make sure that. You are, I guess, taking control of that situation in a healthy way because emotion may be very high in that moment and that you are administering appropriate aftercare. And that will vary depending on who's involved and who's called the safe word, etc. But, you know, the key thing is to, to be aware of it. And if it's your if it's your partner, as opposed to the bull that's called the safe word, like. Honestly, and maybe I'm speaking out of term here, my advice would probably be to move towards kind of ending the session and mm. you two having that conversation away from it. Like, obviously, admins for all the, all the, self, all the uh, uh, aftercare, etc., but, like, have a conversation when the waters are calm, yeah. as it were. Yeah, I think it is... Uh... <clears throat> good thing to let the ball know in the negotiation beforehand that you know this is my real partner so mm-hmm. my priority would be them yeah no no absolutely i think you're absolutely right i think you are absolutely right um and i know that when we have done it like there has been that unspoken agreement with some guys and with other guys it's been very overt yeah um, I think if you're the bull and the safe word is called, I th- honestly, I think in that situation, obviously, like, you may need some aftercare, etc. as well. Yeah, yeah. But try and, I guess, reduce your uh, role between the partners, I guess, would be my advice. Kind of take a step back and, like, like you say, acknowledge that this is their relationship, like assuming that you're not involved in a relationship with them sort of thing, because, mm-hmm. again, we talked about how it could potentially fit in oh. the poly model. Yeah. Um, like, take a step back and realize that, like, this is bigger than you. Exactly. And I'm not saying, like, your, your, your uh, needs aren't valid. I'm just saying, like, in that moment, you are potentially dealing with a very high-tension, very fragile situation that can let's be frank make or break a relationship yeah and so i think there is a little bit of a responsibility to kind of have a level of self-care in that situation i'm not Uh, saying don't get any aftercare don't kind of get your needs met as well i'm just saying kind of be aware exactly um so then if and i'll throw this one over to you because i feel like i've spoken maybe a little bit too much like if like this is from the cuckold's perspective and either like they've had to call the safe word or, or like someone else in the scene has mm. like oh the cuckolder has got called a safe word yeah that's true yeah that, that can happen um well i mean uh, you just have a Massive group, how can I move on, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's very similar to the advice that we gave with regards to the hot partner. Like, your relationship is in a, in a very kind of fragile place, potentially, if it's your partner that's called it. Yeah. If it's the bull that's called it, like, it didn't work this time, you know? Exactly, yeah. Find they, someone else. they might have been up to, up to the <laughs> idea, and then when it came down to it, like realized, well, actually, no, this makes me feel uncomfortable. So, yeah, go find someone else. Yeah, basically. Um, I think I think the yeah. advice for the cook is probably very similar to the advice for the heart partner. Like realize that like 
you need to, you need to be looking at your relationship and making sure that you're keeping things kind of in perspective in that this is just a moment rather than a full kind of like essentially this is a momentary thing this is play this is yeah like negotiated yeah, fantasy is, that didn't quite work out sort of thing because exactly. i think it could this be very easy your... to get caught up in the emotion yeah this is not going to be the dynamic like forever that kind of thing yeah um you know unless you want it to be so <laughs> i mean i guess that's that's kind of the general advice all around like realize that you know sometimes you'll negotiate things that don't work and you'll have to go back and renegotiate Exactly, that happens with every single kink. But don't get don't get caught in the emotional tidal wave of the moment because I think that's mm-hmm. the big risk here. Like, the big risk is that emotion overtakes you. Yep. And like for whatever reason, that's fine. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm not here to victim blame or anything like that. It's just like realize it's a thing. Realize that essentially this too shall pass, sort of thing. Like as long as you as long as you keep the communication lines open, you 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 keep, I guess, good practice. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, is there anything else that we should touch on? I don't know. Like if, just thinking, if you guys really really like the cuckolding, like where where could that lead to? I guess that's that's a bit of a tricky one because I guess that's one of those conversations that says wide. As the gamut can be, because I mean, mm-hmm. do you develop a sub dom dom dynamic? Do you develop a constant cuckold dynamic? Do you de- develop a you know a polyamorous um, thruple kind of dynamic? Yeah. You know, yeah, that's what <clears> I'm thinking. <throat> yeah, I guess it um... comes down to the parties involved, and it comes down to negotiation again, and kind of seeing whether. That's what everybody wants. Because just because one person does doesn't mean that they all do. Well, true. Of course. Of course. But yeah, it's not unheard of to have, you know, a ball-boyfriend kind of dynamic, you know. No, not at all. No. Ball-boyfriend, husband-cuck, that kind of of dynamic is completely... um, well, I wouldn't say normal. Uh, it's not. Um, it's um... <laughs> completely in the realm of possibility. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think I think you're right. I think it's definitely a thing that can happen. But I, I think I think it's an. I think that's one of those questions that it's that depends on you. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that seems like such a cop out answer, but it really does because you know we're not in your relationship. We can't tell you what's going to work for you. Yeah. But with that, I think... anything else we want to talk about? No, I think we've probably hit on most of the big points that I can think of at the moment. I think one thing that might be interesting to do at a future date, and if anyone's, like, open for talking about this, like, by all means, drop us a message. Um, Mm. It would be interesting to have someone in that situation come onto the show. As in someone in a cuckolding dynamic come onto the show. Because I like, I, I think it would be re- very interesting to talk to someone who does this on a regular basis. Because at the end of yeah. the day, like we've done this a little bit we've without realizing it necessarily. Yeah, we're not some we're not someone who does this constantly. No, and I, I like, I'd be really interested to have that conversation with someone that does. Mm-hmm. But with that, shall we? Five minute Marvel. Shall we do five minute mark? <laughs> so, speaking of cuckolding. Okay. Is Mark technically cuckolding himself? Because <laughs> uh, um. we've established that he has a wife. Yes. We've established that, you know, one of the personalities is a husband. Yeah, well, Mark is a husband. Stephen is, well, I don't know. Do the do the, uh, the, the other personalities have anything to do with? I don't know. Do with Layla? I have no idea. So at this point, we are three episodes in. Yes. How are we feeling? Uh, I don't feel like it's living up to the hype. 
Yeah, I'm kind of there with you. Yeah, because um, well, before it started, like there were reviews saying, "Oh, this is the best Marvel Disney Plus show ever." I'm like, I'm not feeling it at the moment. It might still turn turn into it, but I I'm not sure about this. I think the problem that they have is that. They have to reintroduce the... Well, they don't even have to reintroduce. They have to introduce the character. Yeah. And they ha- don't have any groundwork on which to build on for this character. Like this... Even when they announced this, everyone went, well, that's a bit left field. And I've recently been re-watching a bit of Jessica Jones's first series. Mm. Which I can't watch that series continuously. That first series I can't watch continuously because it, it deals with um, it deals it basically deals with a domestic abuse topic that I struggle with. Uh, okay. um, That's fair. But what fascinates me, having watched that recently, and then watching Moon Knight, mm-hmm. Jessica Jones does a really really good job of setting up in the first episode, which is about an hour long, who Jessica yeah. Jones is. Without going through this whole, oh, I'm Jessica Jones, I do this. Like, there's a little bit of that, but it's done in a film noir style, so it, it works for the style. But you very quickly get an idea of who she is as a person. Very principled, very, very sort of look out for her own shit only. Very sort of, you know. Moon Knight's kind of took two and a half episodes to do that. And I kind of get why, because you're having to introduce yeah. so many players and the mental health aspect and the gods aspect, and, yeah. and 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 I can keep going sort of thing. I mean, I guess they are trying to introduce two per- characters at the same time. Well, you're essentially introducing three, because you've got the Egyptian god. Yeah, you've got the... The name's escaped me at this moment, but you've got the Egyptian god as well. No, I, I'm saying Mark Spector slash Stephen are two characters. Yeah, and like yeah. if you look at the Egyptian god as kind of being part of that dynamic... Not because country. of the way it kind of yeah, it's because of the way that those three characters interact. I would say kind of essentially in, in the sense of the hero, they're one entity. Um, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure we were class in that. I mean, country is where the power comes from and the onus. Yeah. So. Yeah, but you know that's different from. But regardless, I feel, I feel like, like they the spent too long trying to set this up and it almost felt like okay we need to start this in london and we need to get this to egypt Mm. how do we do that and somewhere in that way they lost an episode and a half which is kind of weird when you consider that in the first episode he ends up abroad it took him the yeah yeah that that as well it took him the entire episode to actually introduce Mark, mm-hmm. it was yeah not, not until the very end of episode one. Like yeah, that's Mark. I think that was it's, the biggest misstep. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this the last episode picked things up massively, and I'm really hopeful mm. that in doing so, the next few episodes will make or break it. But I think it's the weakest of the uh, Marvel TV, as it were, so far. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. Well, yeah. <laughs> You're really we'll not enthusiastic about end. this one at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Excelsior! And that was the five-minute marvel of which Chris was not impressed. <laughs> oh, yeah. I I have not sounded like this before on a five-minute marvel. No, it's 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 what it is. What's on your uh, joystick, though, Chris? Not a whole lot. That's really... Not a whole lot. <laughs> to be fair, you've not actually had much time this last couple of weeks to play much, have you? This has been kind of like the opposite of a few weeks ago where I hadn't had a chance. Yeah. I mean, I had... I had, like, rebooted up a few games that I had I had played before. Mm-hmm. I, I booted up um, 
Taekwondo Tatsujin again, <laughs> a drum master. Uh, I played a, a few songs and I'm like, yeah, okay, done. Yep. Had, had enough of that. Um, I booted up um, Crusader Kings 3. Oh, okay. Uh, and have had another look at it. Yeah, because um, I remember you said you were looking at starting a new campaign. Yeah. Did you get round? Yeah, to? and and at at the back of um, Tracking saying he was playing uh, Stellaris, I'm like, yeah, let's put up the Paradox game again. <laughs> um, I got as far as choosing a character <laughs> to play. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, some some weeks that's going to happen, and you know, life's going to be life. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, sorry about that. That's all good. I've also been painting a few, uh, well, some some minis. So that that's my as far as my gaming goes, that, that counts for me. And for for the sake of the audience, by minis he doesn't mean like Cooper or or S type. He means like miniature figurines, like Warhammer and uh, that kind of thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If you are you, if you do gaming, you know what mini means. If you do any tabletop gaming, <laughs> yeah, if that's a big if, like the majority of the audience, don't, maybe not. I don't know, maybe. But what's on your joystick? Uh, on mine at the moment, I've really got into Dead Cells. Dead Cells, yeah, what's that? So Dead Cells is a roguelike. It's a rogue. It's kind of in the in a similar vein to Neon Abyss that I spoke about before, where it's like you're going through, you're killing the enemies, you're picking up weapons and things as you go. Only they drop mm. in world, and it's hard. Like, I'm playing on standard okay. difficulty, and I'm surprised how hard it is. Fair enough. Uh, Fair I enough. think I've only made it to the third level so far. Maybe the f- might have just got to the fourth last night. I think it's good. It's very good. To the point okay. I bought it on two different uh, consoles, because it <laughs> right. mainly because it was like I get it on it on Game Pass on the Xbox, which is where I started okay. playing it, and then it was like, yeah. you know what? It's like twenty quid, and I can afford twenty quid on Switch. Fair Very enough. much one of those games that I feel works better on Switch. Now, whether that's just okay. because of my gaming history that I kind of grew up playing Metroid yeah. and that sort of thing on on uh, like handhelds, etc., I don't know. But it feels nicer on Switch for me, even though the load times are longer. I don't know. I never, well, I never felt any game particularly works better on a Switch. Fair than, enough. You know, any other console. But it's what's um, interesting to me about that game is how, I guess, dynamic the combat can be. So different mm-hmm. enemies will have different shield areas that they, you can only attack them from certain places, but the the rooms are quite cramped. There's flying enemies, etc. You've always got, well, you've got four weapon slots, two thrown, two handheld. Now, the way I like to spec myself up is to have something akin to a sword, a bow and arrow and two traps. But that's how I like to set up. It's one of those games that's very versatile. You can choose how you do it. You can have a sword and a shield. You can have, you know, two different swords with different effects, depending what you want. Of course. Some weapons are linked. There's a couple of weapons that you can get where it's just like you pick up one, it turns out it's actually two. So you've got a choice of having these two or uh. having to sacrifice like what might be a really good thing on one half of that. Um, and then nice. like as you get to the end of each area, you get a chance to do upgrades and things. But, you know, you've, mm-hmm. you're managing some of your resources to do that. It's, it's a nice, enjoyable, like kind of back and forth dynamic. Okay. Um, and that, that's okay. kind of where I'm at. Apart from that, I've been playing a lot of Sea of Thieves. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know they've had a recent, like, up, big update. I, I mean, they, I've been getting, like, newsletters about that. Well, they've had their season refresh. And so they've introduced mm. a few new things for the season, as they always do. Been having great fun messing with Reapers. Um, because uh, me and the crew that I usually, usually sail with have found quite a nice loot run, but it makes us quite exposed. <laughs> multiple times we've en- we've entered into a situation where there's been multiple uh, Reapers on the map, which, like for those that don't know, are the players that have declared themselves as basically being out to be pirates against other ships. Uh-huh. One situation we ended up in last night involved us being stuck between two Reapers, 
and basically having to work out <laughs> how we can try and escape them, which led to some interesting maneuvering and sailing through the middles of a uh, hurricane, etc. Sure. It's been an interesting time back on that game as well. I think Sea of Thieves is one of those games that's kind of, if you enjoy the gameplay loop, is kind of evergreen. Because it doesn't, like, things may get added to the game, but the core yeah. principle of the, of the gameplay mechanics is all, nearly always the same. It's like there yeah, might be course, a new ship yeah. here, or there might be a new robo, or whatever, but the core principle is the same. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what Sounds I've been good. playing at the moment. I've only just remembered why I haven't been playing a lot of games on the Xbox as well. Oh? Guess my controller has a massive drift. Ah, you got hit with the drift. Yeah. That does seem to be a bigger thing recently. I don't know why. I've had a few people go, like, we've hit this. Yeah. Hopefully this isn't a Nintendo Joy-Con situation again. I know, right? So, you know, keep eyes on that one, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. But with that, I think that's the show, Chris. I think so. <laughs> if you would like to find us, you can find us on social media at TBNJ Podcast. And you can also leave us a voice message about cuckolding or any other topic. Anchor.fm forward slash TBNJ Podcast. Indeed. And if you are listening to us on Spotify, iTunes, or any platform that allows you to give us a rating, it would be really useful to us if you could give us a rating. Like, be honest, yes. I'm not going to sit here and go, hey, please give us five stars. No, give us give us the rating that you think we deserve. But it would be really <laughs> useful if you did. And also, I would also uh, remind everyone again to email their MPs about uh, trans rights. Indeed. But for now... That has been Teabags and Joysticks. I have been Sai. And I've been Chris. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye. I will see you next time. Bye. This episode of the Teabags and Joysticks podcast has been edited by TBNJ Sai. The music is Quarter Conundrum by DOAK and the soundboard consists of royalty free audio. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye!